Rich nigga, eight figure, that's my type. That's my type, nigga, that's my type. Oh, sorry, y'all. I was just jamming to this song by Petey, P I mean, Sweetie. And I, oh. Maybe on another episode, we will talk about the sample queen, but that's not our topic today. Today, I want to talk about a very sensitive yet very important thing, colorism. But before I get to that, let me issue a trigger warning that the contents on today's episode may bring up negative emotions for some listeners, so listener discretion is advised. Now let's move on to our Rebel Roll Call. To the hot seat, we have Danny Lay, or as Donna Strawberry would say, Danny Houseway, because that's a question that constantly comes up with this troll. How does she get an N-word pass? How does she get the braids to not slip out of her head? How the f are we still here in 2021? Just how? Miss Houseway has done quite a lot, which you can read about on our blog. I didn't come here to get in my feelings and jam to this great instrumental that I got off of this really cool website called YouTube. I came to tell you about a way that you can continue engaging with today's topic. If something really stood out to you or shocked you or pissed you off, go to rebelmedia.com backslash rebel-radio and hit the button that says leave a comment to leave a comment about what stood out to you. That's rebel, R-W-E-B-E-L, media.com backslash rebel-radio. But I didn't want to dwell there. Just know Miss Mamas is a goofy. And a blackfish. But any homest, let's get on with the show. Today's selection on our jukebox, my type. And now some echoes from the artist community. So now we're going to get into a little bit of uh, poetry by Jay, the poet. Melinda's scars were violet and violent. She went through the motions of being his rock then becoming his headache once he reached the top. And Miss Nina played while he rocked the boat. Miss Nina wrote in a compromised mental state because it was too heavy a plate for her mind to hold. As a dark-skinned black woman in colorist, racist, sexist America, she would unfold the pockets of hatred in society. She must have tried to be a swan, but she got seared by a crow. Why you wanna fly, Blackbird? Where you gonna go? So that was a little excerpt about acrimony. And I know people had a lot of opinions about the movie. And looking at it now, cause I was high when I first watched it and I thought it was good. And that's why I wrote this poem. But looking back at it now, that movie was trash. However, I really liked that part of the poem because I was talking about Nina Simone and her mental health issues and just some of the plights that she might have faced as a dark-skinned Black woman in colorist, racist, sexist America. And I really wanted to bring attention to that poem because... As somebody who is not dark-skinned, I think I have to do my part in addressing colorism wherever I see it because I don't experience colorism. So I have to be an ally. I have to. 
And on that note, I want to move into the next part of today's episode where I'll have a conversation with my siblings. So my sister and I, we're both brown skinned and our brother is dark skinned. So I'm going to have him lead the conversation because he's the only one of us who actually experiences colorism. And that's after the break. This is the podcast that you'll never look back on. Oh, oh, it's Rebel Radio, and now let's get to the show. show. That's a whole lot of art. Now let's get into some culture that we can digest. So, like any Black family, we have seen colorism firsthand and secondhand. And I want my brother Josiah to lead this conversation because he's the only one of us who actually experiences colorism. So you can kind of start by sounding off on it. Just think that people who are lighter skinned, fairer skinned, closer to them, Caucasians are uh, treated better than people who are the darker complexion. And I'm the dark side of us because I take after our mother who's darker. And then it was our father who Justin and Jemana took after. Like Jemana was saying, I've dealt with it because as a dark-skinned black man, you deal with, you know, like you deal with everything. You deal with people's ideas, expectations of you. You deal with the fact that you can't be super angry because if you get angry, then it becomes, oh my God, he's a threat. He's this, he's that. And then you also deal with like people looking at you like, oh, he's just another nigga. He's just this, he's just that. To talk more deeply about this, I brought on my siblings, Justice and Josiah Plummer. As he talked about his experiences, Josiah also brought it back to the entertainment industry where colorism prevails. Most of the popping women or popping men are light-skinned. They're, they're not, they're, no, I won't say that because it's some dark-skinned people. But if you look at a lot of it, it's just like, they like, oh my gosh, she's so fine or he's so fine or whatever. And then it's like dark-skinned person who looks the same way. Like compare Saweetie, and Flo Millie, or compare Dreezy, yeah, Dreezy Tink. And Sweetie's not on Dreezy or Tink's level, lyrically, melodically. But I just, I, I'm not trying to knock her. She can continue to get her money, like I want her to succeed and excel. But I just don't feel like it should come at the expense of you not giving support to these dark-skinned, not conventionally pretty women. So. Do you all know who Danny Lay is? She's like a singer and a rapper. They know. Just, do you know who she is? Oh, Was she I know. Empire? No. Uh, so basically, she's this white girl who call herself Yellow Bone. This baby is rice skinned, but not light skinned. That is a white child. That is Caucasian from the mountains of Caucasus. That is a Slavic baby, a Viking from Iceland. Because that's who she is. And she called herself Yellow Bone. And then when people got mad at her, she said, oh, I'm just trying to make a song to put on light-skinned women, to put on my light-skinned women. Ma'am, you're not light-skinned. You're white-skinned. Yeah, right. What are you, like, what are you even saying? Finally, we got a little personal about how colorism is seen in our own family. First, we talked about some of the struggles our mother faced for her complexion. My mother struggles a lot 
you know, in comparison to her lighter sister, you know, she, and her mother, they all had like jobs, they had husbands, they had houses. Yeah. She's always seen for her skin. And it's really like painful as uh, her child. Then we talked about how it started in her own home. You know, I think my grandmother does hate my mother and because of the color of her skin, she might not say it, but it's like deep in her and how she, she treats it. her. Yeah. And it, it's basically actions speak louder than words. That's a fact. When, you know, it's just, you know, you add up. The, yeah, add it's it all, up. Yeah, it's all observation. Like, you just look at, like just for saying, you look at how she talks to her aunt. She don't talk to her own the same as she talks to her mother. It's two different, completely different dynamics. What does that dynamic come from? If she, if it was, she's not, she, she wanted to treat her better just because that's not a legit reason. Like it's a reason why she treats her that way. And it's because she was dark skin. I definitely and agree with that. Imagine growing up in a house like that. Exactly. And if you think about, so our, when that, you look at the trajectory yeah. of our aunt and our mother, you can kind of see how the treatment of their mother impacted them. Because our aunt, she has a condo, she has a husband, and she pretty much has, well, I won't say she has everything together because she does have her struggles. But then when you look at our mother, she's had to deal with a lot. Like our family, we've been through a lot. It's, it, it's not even enough to talk about in like this and episode. I, yeah, I, I, exactly. Do you all remember when she called her a black bitch? Do you remember that? I don't remember. That was like the first time I knew that. I I think that was the first time I saw colorism like firsthand in our family. Yeah. And I, I didn't even like, think wow. about when we had like we had we were going through what we were going through. And we had to like stay with her for a few months until we got our back on our feet. And it was like, oh, if they can stay here, you can't. What? So where's she going? We all live together. And it had literally took me having like almost an hour conversation like. She has nowhere to go. What do you mean she can't stay here? Blah, 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 blah. We went on, we went on. And I just don't understand why it's so deep-seated, why she, like just said, hates her so much, because that's your daughter. And like you, Devon was saying, growing up, imagine growing up in with not having that type of relationship with the person that brought you in, the person that created you in, in his life. Like, how can, like, how can you truly be happy when your own mother doesn't even look at you with like a smile or like, oh, she's my daughter. She looks at you as just whatever. Like this is it's crazy. Overall, it was a Red Table Talk sins and apologies. To see the full interview, visit our Patreon page. That's patreon.com backslash rebel media. R-W-E-B-E-L. Don't forget the W. If you're enjoying what you heard on today's episode, go to rebelmedia.com backslash leave a comment to leave a comment about what stood out to you today. That's rebel, R-W-E-B-E-L, media.com backslash leave a comment. So that was a heavy conversation, but a needed one in the community because colorism pervades all aspects of our daily lives, as evidenced by Danny Lay's problematic song. To lighten the mood, we ended off with three freestyles to Kendrick Lamar's The Blacker the Berry. Here's what we each had to say. Who doesn't love a good play on words? To close out the show, here are three freestyles in under three minutes. Wrap it up then. A lot of questions. And they ask why we step into another section. Why do we never neglect the mother of the truth? 
I was coming in these dudes like a shooting spot. They'll be coming off this shit like a motherfucking life. I don't really know because I couldn't prepare, but you know me, I'm gonna take it there. I'm gonna take it far and take it hard. But now, for the God, with these dark skinned women, they get their, they get their, they get their pride. I wonder why, why they keep them so bad. But, you know, that's just how it is. Okay, yes. <laughs> healing we must uplift our dark-skinned brothers sisters and non-binaries then we must call out colorism wherever we see it as you think on how best you can do that here's your reminder to stay rowdy stay regal and stay rebellious until next time